0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com/slash host. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Oh, hey chickens! Uh, welcome back. We are in the middle of Matt's missive. Um, he's been watching all of the new series of Doctor Who. He managed to get all this done while, like, in the lead up to the um, 60th anniversary specials, and I applaud him for his tenacity and also for providing us with little snippets of how he felt about each episode. Um... It's just been, like, I've been really enjoying this. Are you enjoying it? It's fun. I've also loved going back and watching these episodes. Uh, Last episode, we talked about dinosaurs on a spaceship, which, like Asylum of the Daleks, I have seen several times because I love it. It's bonkers. It's fun. It's silly. It's over the top. um, And it has so many great moments, like... (laughs) Rory's dad's got a trowel. Don't you have a trowel? I'll get you a trowel. Like, it is just fun. Um, and, you know, the beach that's the engine of the spaceship. Like, it's hysterical. It's also bleak. Uh, I love that they, you know, when you find out that David Bradley, to get the dinosaurs, has killed every last Silurian on this spaceship. That is a moment. Like, that is like a, a really bleak moment and you think it's just going to be a flippant throwaway thing and the doctor just goes like he becomes quite angry about the genocide that's been uh enacted to to basically fund this bit of piracy it's yeah it it was the thing that you know when they announced that chris chipner was taking over i thought about dinosaurs on a spaceship and i'm like yep I, I think he's he'll be fine. Like, if he just keeps writing more of those, I'll be fine with it. Um, you know, who's to say how much of this was rewritten by Stephen Moffat, but I get the idea... Um, not a huge amount of rewriting went on uh, that he kind of left things up to the writers. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I wasn't there in the room. So I don't know what... Uh, I know that there was a lot of rewriting that went on with Neil Gaiman's episode that he was furious about. But that was mostly due to budgetary concerns. Um, anyway, uh, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. It's 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 such a big... Like, I know that I remember at the time Moffat kind of announced that uh, the... Because Series 7 was busted into halves. 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 uh, Busted into half. um, And was going to end... Like, there was going to be five episodes. The final Amy and Rory episodes. Then there would be a Christmas special that introduced Clara, although she was secretly introduced in the Asylum of the Daleks. Uh, And then the second half of the series would be... Um you know, the new Clara kind of stories uh, and that would happen much later like, you know, there'd be a Christmas special in between and there was, you know, months and months and months between the two halves of this this series which kind of realistically like, is kind of how we're, Doctor Who is ending up being, like, you know, Flux was six episodes, this next series is only going to be eight, we had like, the three specials plus the Christmas special, so there's like four episodes like, that's kind of how Doctor Who is now, um, and I kind of wish they'd just kind of like gone, well, this is how we're going to do it instead of saying this is series seven, it's broken in half. Like it just, it felt discombobulating at the time, but I kind of, you know, given how big these episodes are, because his announcement was that H1 was going to be like a little mini movie. Um, and certainly for at least three of these episodes, that's what it feels like. Uh, especially like the Sile of the Daleks and Dinosaurs on a Spaceship just feel like two. Like, big, enormous... Like, they feel like Christmas specials in and of themselves. Um, there's a lot packed into them. Uh, anyway, on to A Town Called Mercy, which is the third of these big movie-length episodes. They're not movie-length, they're just regular regularly. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so, Matt says about A Town Called Mercy, Sometimes a central villain can either succeed or fail... Based on the quality of the prosthetics and makeup Sadly here, we fall on the side of fail Benefiting again from overseas filming Allowing for a fully immersive location There's no denying that this is a beautiful looking episode And the cast are clearly having the time of their lives playing cowboys But it leaves you a little empty Like the location is all it's got going for it And the plot feels very much like an afterthought Ben Browder's in it But even his lovely presence can't save it (laughs) (laughs) Want to see a Doctor Who Western? Go watch The Gunfighters. It's honestly no way near as bad as the fans will have you believe. One for a future theory pod, Adam. It needs to be re-evaluated. I don't mind The Gunfighters. Like I know a lot of people don't like it, Um, which I suspect... Is the singing. Um, but now that uh, we've had a Christmas carol, we've had, uh, <laughs> we've had the Doctor and Ruby singing at the goblins, I feel like we need to go back to the gunfighters and reassess it as a musical episode of Doctor Who. Um, sung by Linda Barron, who was in uh, the shop. Um, in um, I mean, she was in the TV series. I was about to say, she was in Open All Hours. <laughs> But <laughs> she was in Open All Hours, the TV series. Um, but I thought Open All Hours was the name of the episode with James Corden. No, that's Closing Time. But yes, Linda Barron was in that. And she's also in Enlightenment as a delightfully fruity pirate. Um, she's She also features a lot in the John Nathan Turner book, her daughter uh was John Nathan Turner's office assistant um for a while uh also she, i think she lived near him in brighton was it it's or, or maybe lived near him in london anyway um she was a neighbor she was totes bestie's uh so yeah lo- like it, I, 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 a town called mercy uh, i think the 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 cyborg character is a problem, Um, (laughs) especially seeing as the voice was kind of like dubbed in later. It just feels very weird or it was electronically altered to a very strange point. Um, And I feel like we see too much of it too early on. Like it would have been better if it was a bit more spooky and, you know, hidden, Um, which I guess is hard to do when you're like, we're in Spain. We're going to film a great big wide shot of this town. I mean, they filmed it in the town where they made a whole bunch of, like, those Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns. Like, a bunch of, like, legitimate, big budget, well small budget cuz they're in Spain not America. Um but those big kind of like westerns were filmed in on this set. Like this is an actual uh place in Spain where they filmed a lot of actual westerns. So it has that verisimilitude of being, you know, oh we're in a western as Matt says, you know. And it does feel like they're just enjoying playing cowboys. Um but yeah, the the, the core storyline I think, is effective about, you know, they want to save this doctor, they want to kill this doctor, they want to save this doctor. You know, they find out the doctor is kind of like space Dr. Mengele. (laughs) Like it's... It's it's problematic. He's like, he's done terrible experiments, but, you know, they won the war. You know, is it like an Oppenheimer kind of situation? Like, you know, what if, you know, I mean, what if they did experiment on people using the nuclear bomb? I mean, they essentially did. The people of Japan who were all killed uh, were horrific casualties in a war that they were already losing. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie Oppenheimer, but it is... Amazing and it's really confronting, um, because you just kind of go, Oh wow, this is a lot of stuff that I kind of, you know, we get this kind of like, you know, rah rah, you who go America sort of vibe from uh the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but after seeing like um Godzilla Minus One, where you see because before they did the nuclear bombs, they dropped though the atomic bombs on Japan, they had done some systemic firebombing of Tokyo, which really horrifically killed he- hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of uh, civilians just to kind of make the Japanese back down. You know, it's like the bombing of Dresden, which uh, also was kind of like at a state of stage of the war where it's like, well, they're kind of almost, they've almost lost, so why are you You know, rubbing their noses in it The Bombing of Dresden is um, In Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse-Five Which is an amazing book Uh, But all those sequences Are quite traumatic Um, I mean The whole thing is traumatic Uh, (laughs) Speaking of trauma uh, (laughs) We're going to be moving on to The Power of Three And the Angels Take Manhattan As we move along Through Matt's Misses